Hey, Jeff, you know what I could go for? What do you want, Dave? A little Gilbert Goffrey, amazing, enormous, throbbing. <laughs> Colossal. Colossal. Podcast. Podcast. Oh, I thought we were going to get a sandwich. <laughs> I thought we were going to get a grinder. Give it up for Gilbert and Frank. This is Gilbert Gottfried. This is Gilbert Gottfried's amazing, colossal podcast. I'm here with my co-host, Frank Santo Padre, and our engineer, Frank Verderosa. Our guest this week is here to join us in discussing and celebrating the 80th anniversary of the iconic American character known as Batman. He's one of the most knowledgeable sources on the subject since he's been obsessed with the Cape Crusader since he was all of two years old and has authored and co-authored several books on the topic, including Batman Animated, Batman Collected, and Batmanga. That's easy for you to say. Bat manga. Bat manga. <laughs> Bat manga. The secret history of Batman in Japan. As well as graphic novel Batman Death by Design. He's also an expert on other comic strips and comic book culture. And the writer, co writer, or designer of the books. Shazam, the golden age of the world's mightiest mortal. Mythology, the DC Comics art of Alex Ross. Jack Cole and Plastic Man stretch to their limits. And only what's necessary, Charles M. Schultz, the art of peanuts. And If all that isn't enough to keep him off the street, he's also an award-winning graphic designer, undeniably the most successful admitted book cover... Admired. Admired. (laughs) (laughs) Also admitted. (laughs) I gave up trying at the beginning. (laughs) He's also the most admired and book cover designer in the world producing memorable images for bestsellers by Michael Crichton, Cormac McCarthy, James Elroy, Dean Kuntz, Oliver Sacks, David Sedaris, John Updike, and even Catherine Hepburn, just to name a few. You know the famous Jurassic Park dinosaur logo that you see all over the world? He came up with that. He also designed movie posters, CD cover art, and promotional art for performers like The Police and Paul Simon. And in his spare time, he wrote two novels on the New York Times bestseller list, The Cheese Monkeys 
and the learners. Please welcome to the podcast an artist of too many talents to list and a man who still has the Robin the Boy Wonder costume his mom made for him back in 1964. The Dark Knight of Design, Chip Kid. Wow. That's wow. all. We don't have time for yeah, the show Yeah, I was going to say, all right, so we're done. <laughs> we're done. All right. Do we have the year right on that costume? Was it 66? Uh, actually, the costume itself would have been 68. Oh, God. I was born uh, in 68. I'm way off. But, I mean, what are you going to do? Yeah. It's, it's Just okay. that you still have it. I do. It's a cool thing. I do. Now, here's something. I'm, I used to be a big fan of going to when... When people still read newspapers, <laughs> there would be an entertainment section in each paper that would have movie posters. You don't find that in papers. Oh, you mean the movie ads? Yeah, the yeah. movie ads. Yeah. I don't find movie ads anymore. And I remember I was always more attracted and fascinated to the simple Ads when it had too much going on. Yes, I totally agree. Yeah, totally too many agree. people in parachutes and guns and dancing, and I thought they're trying way too hard. And like a, a poster like The Godfather, which was a hand holding marionette strings, I thought, now see, that's something that I'm interested in. Yes, and and stolen from the book cover. Yes, yeah. And when I was way back in. Phew, 1990, when uh, when we got the manuscript for Jurassic Park at work, I work for Alfred A. Knopf, is like my day job, and I'll be there 33 years in October. Wow, congrats. Uh, my, my, my boss, Sonny Mehta, who is still my boss, he's an amazing editor-in-chief, he kept saying, now remember Jaws. Remember Jaws. Like, you know, because that was taken from the book cover too. Sure, sure. And we knew that Spielberg had bought this to make a movie. That's all we knew. Before this is before. Well, I'm doing the the uh, the book cover, and he's like, you know, I something that iconic, you know, the shark and and the the waterline and the girl title. Like, yes, we need to do. And I remember thinking, there is no way that I will ever ever be able to come up with something like that that would be that memorable for this but of course i didn't say that i just said okay sure <laughs> <laughs> but you know uh simple jaws it's perfect yeah that and that godfather that's a that's an iconic image sure it's one you picture absolutely yeah i saw an article uh and you you picked jaws as one of your all-time was it favorite book covers it was a piece in time i think yeah yeah, yeah sure yeah and, 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 of course, I have to ask you, Jurassic Park, trillions of dollars. They made about <laughs> 10 of them. This is a Charlie Kochman question? Yeah. <laughs> and, and it's being shown all over the world. Each, each country in India it's made a trillion dollars. Uh, so what are you doing <laughs> with all that in, in countries royal, that don't have oh movies? Oh my god. <laughs> the royalty money must drive you uh, crazy. Well, you can see how I'm dressed. <laughs> I mean, come on. Now, I was I forget how old I was. I was probably 25, 26 and I I did that as part of my day job. And but the, the I mean the cool thing 
to this day about being a book cover designer as opposed to other forms of graphic design is that your it your name as the designer goes on the flap. It either goes on the flap or the back cover. Okay. And so I had done this image and and made the the book jacket and uh, again this is back of the day before cell phones or or the or the internet or anything. So my phone rings and it's like <laughs> hi, I'm a big scary lawyer from Universal Pictures. <laughs> Uh, can I speak with somebody named Chip Kid, please? I'm like, uh, yeah, that's me. Well, um, we're making this movie, and we think that we might want to buy the rights to the image in case maybe we want to use it. And even back, even back then, I knew. I'm like, okay, let me transfer you to our big scary lawyers, and you all can sort of hash it out. Um, and they and they did, but um, they, I mean, they paid a pittance for it, and. You know, the, the, that was kind of it. You've said that's going to be what on your gravestone or in your obituary? In your obituary? well, it's not going to be on my gravestone. Not on, your if gravestone I, if I, yeah. <laughs> on your obituary, <laughs> if I can help it, I mean, I, I I won't be designing my gravestone. So whoever does that, a can gravestone sort of just, with a T Rex, <laughs> right? Yeah, like chomp. I don't know why I said gravestone. Right. You said no. Was, I said that would be the first line of my obituary. That's what and, I mean. And, yeah, I mean, yeah. unless something else comes along, yeah. so, it would look pretty damn cool on a gravestone, though. Uh, yeah. 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 So had you gotten a, a penny? Of the royalties, you could have... Uh... Of, of the royalties, no. Um, no. My boss, again, Sonny Mehta, was a real gent, and he basically, the money that they that Universal paid, he basically turned it over to me, uh, which was very sweet, and he didn't have to do that. Um, and at the time, it was like, wow, well, that's kind of cool, uh, but it's it's not a lot. But I the thing that really kind of stung is that I've not mentioned in the credits at all. Oh. Like like Universal can't officially acknowledge that, but in on every copy of every book, even if it's a movie tie-in book, it has my name on the copy. Interesting. And, and see there too is a case of it's a simple design. It's a it's a skeleton of a T-Rex. And I could imagine them going, oh, can we have one where every dinosaur is in the poster? Right, yeah. Yeah, but they didn't. They didn't. It's a, and again, I did the drawing of the of the dinosaur. It was then adapted for that logo. Like, I, my the background of the cover that I did was white. And then they changed it to red. And then they put that, frankly, awful lettering with it. Uh, but, um, but what was really interesting to me is they didn't alter the drawing at all interesting whereas jaws if we if you would see if you see the original yes the, yeah, that the, was in the, the article the composition is the same but the the drawing and the colors are completely different for the for the movie yeah and speaking of movie design i mean you you dabbled in it you've done a couple dabbled, you did a, yeah. the harrison ford movie and yeah the, and the robert downey movie but it, it's not really your thing it's a, it, no. it's a totally different challenge than than, than oh, designing i mean absolutely yeah. i mean i every now and then some you know, clever uh, art director for Paramount or something like that was like, hey, let's get this guy to do it. And sometimes it works out and sometimes it's just a total disaster. But they, and but it always pays well. Yeah. Okay, now here's a strange question and I just want you to say yes. Yes. <laughs> okay. <laughs> did, did Jews create the superheroes? Of course they did. 
Thank you. <laughs> I mean, okay. Gee, that wasn't that wasn't wow. too hard. And, uh, this, this and all the good been, Christmas music too. Yeah, this has been <laughs> Gilbert <laughs> Gottfried's amazing clock. Good night. <laughs> they started with the golem. Yeah. Yes. Oh, yes. yes. Very good. Okay. Excellent. Very right. Excellent. Right. And they just kind of kept going. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, because uh, the golem was paved the way for not just superheroes, but also Frankenstein. Sure. Yes. Yes. But I mean, Jerry Siegel and Joe Schuster, yes. excuse me? Sure. They were extremely circumcised. Sure. And, <laughs> <laughs> and Stanley Lieber. Uh, yeah. Yes. And Jack and Jack uh, Kirby. What what I noticed too in in Hebrew names, there's like an L. At the end of a lot of the names. Okay, yeah. And like Jor-El and <laughs> Kal-El. And so there are names that end with the L. He's put a lot of thought into this, Jim. Yes. Yeah. And and I think with a lot of, like, Superman, secretly, they were probably saying, you know, that Clark Kent is a nebbishy little Jew, <laughs> but he turns into this powerful goyim. Yes, exactly. Would you like I, to belong to Temple Kal-El, <laughs> that make you happy? <laughs> if only they would have him. <laughs> yeah, I forgot Jack Kirby's real name, too, but it's Jacob... Uh they're all, all Jewish fellows. Kirby Steen. Uh, yeah, there was something. Uh, yeah. yeah, they're all they're all Jewish guys. Bob Kane. Yeah. Kane of which... Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. What's your Jerry and Jerry Robinson uh, co-created sure. the, the Joker and Robin and... His sure, name sure, sure. came from Robinson. Yeah, sure. Yeah, let's talk about uh, Batman and, yes. your, and your and your childhood obsession. Since we yes. alluded to you still having the Robin costume. Yep. Yeah, which is in the book, which is in Batman Collected. Yes. Yeah. Th- th- yeah th- then my mom made those costumes for us from scratch. Yeah. This is great. I was showing this to Gilbert. This is yeah, uh, this that's is, me. This is you and your older that's brother. My older brother, and yeah. that's Batmom in the middle. And you, so those costumes your mom made. She did. They're pretty impressive. Yeah. yeah she really she was a great uh, great seamstress. She, and when we were really little, she made a lot of our clothes. And you still have that, you still have that exact one because there's that picture of you on your website. Yes, I have the cape which you see there. Right. That, that's the Batman but cape. But I have the Robin. The I have the Robin tunic because mm-hmm. you know we used to we run around in those things for you know all the time. Oh, here's a question I have to ask: ninety nine percent of superheroes have capes. Yes. What purpose <laughs> does the cape serve? Well, uh, like, how geeky do you want to get? Uh, as, as geeky as you as can stand. Possible. And, of, and, of course, the, the wonderful Incredibles, you know, Edna Mode, no capes. Yes. <laughs> um, uh, very fun. I think, I think the idea was to literally cloak yourself, you know, in to... to in Batman's case, anyway, you wanted to hide in the shadows. And, sure. And that would sort of help, you know. Sure, sure, sure. And I think... Um, it also there. There's a tradition out of certain kinds of circus wear. Um, oh, that that you know, especially like because I know with Captain Marvel, they based it on like Russian opera stars from the turn of the century who would have these weird little half capes that they. I'm wear. fascinated that Captain Marvel was designed to look like Fred McMurray. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. a cool thing. That's actually come up on this show before. Yeah. By the way, we're referring with these superhero costumes. We're referring to Chip's great book, uh, Batman Collected, which you guys have to get. Well, and is 
totally out of print. Is it out of print? <laughs> yeah. Am I pl- I'm plugging oh, a book so that's out of print. You could go on eBay. Oh, <laughs> find it. Find it. You must find it. But the, the obsession began at a, at a very early age for you. Yes, it did. Yeah. Um, I, I, told, was, I told you an email we had Adam and Bert, but both were here. Well, and if you page through that, the only image that we shot for that book that's arguably not an inanimate object is uh, Adam. Oh, cool. Um, and, I and, think I saw it There it is. There, there it is. And again, Ooh. that was in the summer of 1995. Wow, look at that. So, um, and so Photoshop was new then, but we put in the ears on the shadow in Photoshop. Yeah. Isn't that cool? Yeah. And, and we had two cat women, Julie mm. Newmar and Lee Merriweather. Oh, man. Adam paid a Gilbert a compliment that he's still living off of. Yeah, you want to tell Chip what he said? Adam West told me that I would have made a great penguin. Oh, uh, I can. Yeah, but I mean, you'd have to like put on about <laughs> 200, 200 pounds. I mean, I guess they can do anything with a fat suit. Yeah, no. Or CGI. You're a little, a little skinny. But yeah, no, you would have been great. Yeah. You can do anything. You could have played the shark in Jaws. Yes. <laughs> so you grew up in rural Pennsylvania. I grew up in southeastern Pennsylvania in a town called Redding. Yes. And um, it's a Philly, there was a Philly farm team there for years. There's a Philly farm still team there. there. Yeah. Uh, they are still there. I, I hate sports because I'm yeah. gay. <laughs> uh, so, but, you, so, but you knew that. I did know yeah. that. I got dragged to those fucking games, uh-huh. you know. But um, there's, there's like five, me, barring me, there's like five interesting people from Reading. Um, the writer John Updike. Wow. The poet Wallace Stevens. Uh, the artist Keith Herring. Um, there's a playwright named Douglas Carter Bean who has a ton of stuff on. I know who he is. And then some skank named Taylor Swift. <laughs> Those are the five. Those are the five. Plus Chip Kid. And then me. Right. Yeah. Not bad. I'm not, I'm not in their league. It's an eclectic group. Not in their league. Now, now, since I think we all, uh, all of us, the three of us here, all watch the same stuff on TV. You you must have watched those truly horrible Marvel <laughs> cartoons. Right. Yeah. Oh God. Those Which barely moved. You had to bring yes, those up. Yes. Yes. They barely moved. They, they would hold a picture and shake it. <laughs> yeah. Or they zoom in and zoom out. <clears throat> yeah, and only the mouths moved because you know they just sort of had to a little bit. The theme songs were cool. The theme songs were great. Yeah. Nobody, gonna, nobody loves the Hulk. That's it. I'm going to oh, send yeah. you a video of the guy who composed the theme songs who's still around. Wow. Yeah, yeah. I remember. Here's Bruce Banner turns into that's the, the Hulk. That's it. That's it. <laughs> but those were so awful. They were. Yeah. But- they'd shake pictures, zoom in and out on the still picture, and that was the movement. But the, but when you're a kid, you're willing to accept so what much. What do you care? Because I, I remember not with those so much, but um, I, I, I mean, I was watched everything and was in love with everything. But um, Speed Racer, sure. And then I don't know. Twenty years later, I watched a couple Speed Racer cartoons. I'm like, this animation is pathetic. <laughs> I know yes. they don't hold up. Pathetic. Yes, I felt that way about the Spider-Man series from the '60s. Yeah. Remember that one? Yeah. And I, as a kid, I adored it. Well, I went back and looked at it. I bought them on DVD, and I said, "Oh my god!" Any TV animation back yeah. then is just horrible, oh, cheap. And the song was when Captain America swings his, his mind. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah, sure. <laughs> yeah, you you watch those. Oh, sure. Yeah. I was a real TV kid. Um, 
I mean, Gilbert, I know you're much older than me, but um, <laughs> uh, in my generation, yes. uh, <laughs> I was uh, also both my w- once I started going to elementary school, both my parents were working. So I was one of the original latchkey kids. So I would let myself in and just watch TV from like, you mm-hmm. know, three o'clock to six o'clock till they got home and just watched everything. All that. Crap. Did you have a 430 movie there in Pennsylvania? We had one here. I'm thinking Tri-State. Well, we had Dr. Shock. Okay. Oh, so you had like a shock theater. Yeah. 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 We had From Phil out of Philly. Yeah, we had Zacherly. Yeah. Now you yeah. must you must have watched the Bowery Boys too. I just could I tried. I mean, you know, <laughs> again, back back then, you know, cable barely existed and you, so there wasn't a whole lot to choose from, and every now and then it's like a, it's a rainy Saturday afternoon Bowery Boys movie. All right, I'll try it. I I couldn't relate. I had absolutely no idea what they were doing or why. <laughs> why what about are the you little ta- rascals? They were on in that, syndication. But now that I got, yeah, okay, loved, right, right, loved, right. and all those crazy contraptions they right. made. That's and- right. Yeah, and the the, the we- very weird surreal Abbott and Costello show was also in syndication. Yes, when we yes. were kids. Which is which is strange to watch to this day. It it's like their movies. I feel, with the exception of Abbott and Costello meet Frankenstein, most of their movies are like good in parts. But I'm fast. The TV show is an acid dream. Yeah, strangely depressing. Of Abbott and Costello. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's very weird. I, it's dark. Again, I th- quite seriously, yeah. it was either before my time or they weren't running it. Oh, they didn't run Because I just watched the movies. Right. And and when, um, uh, what? Oh, uh, Joe Besser would show up as Stinky. That would scare me as a kid. <laughs> I would get, I was scared. The of inspiration stinky. for Newman on Seinfeld. Oh. It was Joe Besser, Joe Besser Stinky. But I know something you did watch was a lot of Japanese cartoons. Yes. And I know yes. I have a, a list here. I know you were into Tobor the Ape Man, which, believe it or not, we've discussed on this podcast. Wow, with who? I, yeah. I don't know. It's come up. We do little episodes on Thursdays, just the two of us, and we'll okay. just riff on anything off the wall or just stuff we remember. Like Gigantor was another one. Oh yeah, Japanese. yeah, yeah. Now, now was that? I'm, I'm. I talk over the guests. I hope you don't mind. You're only a guest trying to talk, and I'm. But, but before I forget, Gigantor the Teenage Robot Space Age is at your command. Yeah, close. Yeah, okay, damn close. But <coughs> call Tobor the Eighth oh, Man. Oh yes, called faster than a rocket, quicker than a jet. Call the mighty Tobor, he's the one to get. Call Tobor, Love it. the eighth man. <laughs> Quick, call Tobor, the mighty eighth man. There's a prehistoric monster who came from outer space. Created by the Martians to destroy the human race. The FBI is helpless. It's 20 stories tall. What can we do? Who can we call? Call to war. The eighth man. Call to war. The eighth man. Faster than a rocket. Faster than a jet. He's a mighty robot. He's the one to get. Call to war. Yeah.
And Gilbert, you've met your match. Yes. Well, but, but the, the really, really cool thing was the, the book I eventually did on Batman in Japan, which, by the way, the correct pronunciation is Bamanga. <laughs> Bamanga. <laughs> Bamanga. Yeah, you, Gil, you want to try that again? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Bamanga. Really, really quick. Yeah. Uh, the guy in Japan who drew Batman for the Japanese audience for like a year and a half, 66, 67, was named Jiro Kawada, creator of Eighth Man. Very cool. Okay, uh, yeah. here's something Very cool. that drives me crazy because I have the habit of putting stuff up on the internet, which I never should. But uh, I I once refer, if I ever refer to a cartoon out of Japan as a cartoon, uh, people go out of their minds. They just because you're associated with Japan now? And, no, no, no. Because no, they no. don't say anime. Oh. Uh, yeah. Oh, oh anime. I see. Anime. Anime. What the fuck is that? <laughs> yeah, no. They, it, 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 anime didn't really exist until, like, uh, Battle of the Planets or something much, much later. Much, much later. And what's the difference between anime and, like, the Flintstones? I, Nothing. I, I mean, one's American and one's Japanese. Yeah. It's like saying... What's the difference between eat eat in in uh, in English and manja manja yeah. in in Italy? It's I it's thought he was going to pronounce it bat manja. Right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's 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 an affectation. Just just yeah. tell whoever it is to to calm down. <laughs> I thought you were going to tell me the Japanese were still giving you shit from yes. from, from your tsunami tweet. What you said? You watch you watch Astro Boy, Marine Boy. Oh have these my rights? God, Marine Boy! She didn't wear a shirt. That <laughs> yeah. that, that mermaid. Yes. Oh, yes. They had to very creatively uh, keep her hair sort of flowing now, in front of. I that. haven't seen this latest, uh, The Avengers. I don't even know the fucking name of it. End and it's game beyond end game, son. Now, isn't isn't one of the superheroes that used to be a man, isn't Captain Marvel a woman now? Well, we could do an entire week's worth of shows just about that. But yeah, she's a woman. She's a woman now. Because, you know, Captain Marvel was at, oh, this is so geeky and your it's fans right. probably won't be into no, it. No, they but, are, believe me. No. <laughs> The original, haven't met our fan base. The, ori- the original <laughs> Captain Marvel, this person I'm pointing out, that yes. book is in print, by the way, yes. Shazam. Oh, great. Um, uh, was called Captain Marvel, was published by uh, Fawcett Comics yeah. mm-hmm. in the f- uh, 40s, 50s, and was, at, at its peak, more popular than Superman. The people who owned Superman sued Fawcett back and forth for years and years and years. You're infringing on our copyright into the mid-1950s, at which point Fawcett finally gave up because um, people weren't really buying that many comics anymore, like not three million issues a a month. So then, fast forward, Marvel Comics buys up the name Captain Marvel in the late 60s. And it initially, and so they, now now Marvel Comics is publishing Captain Marvel and it's a guy well, the D- old green and white suit, yeah. yeah, yeah. And DC buys the rights to to this character, but they have to technically call it Shazam because they don't ha- legally have the rights to the word Captain Marvel anymore. You got it, Gil. Oh, yeah. Now that's and good. somewhere it's along really the line, not all he that became a woman. But, but this crazy, stupid Shazam movie came out a month ago, and you know, 
anyway. And, and but 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 then but the but Marvel then in the seventies I think turned the character Captain Marvel into a woman. And did a lot of the superhero comic books stem from the early Pulp Fiction detective? Uh, I would say so. You know, you had the Shadow, um, the Shadow and Doc Savage, which were quote the pulps, which were yeah. more prose stories that that had you know solitary illustrations scattered throughout, but they were not what we would call sequential imagery. Um, panels with pictures and words that A to B to C to D to whatever. They didn't tell stories that way. They told stories differently. And then, of course, there was the radio. I'll have to learn to pronounce sequential imagery. <laughs> while, you're, while, while you're working on Batmanga. Yes. <laughs> Well, you know, I told you in the email, he wrote a comic. He wrote a Superboy yeah, comic. Yeah, and you yeah. And yeah, they came to him. Uh, and I was thrilled when you were Mr. Mix-It-Plick-Click. Yeah, although in the comic book, I was Knick-Knack, who I was also in two or three episodes of the Superboy series. Yeah, the syndicated Superboy yeah. series. They, Animated. Yeah. No, th- that was live action. Yeah, that was live action. Oh, really? Live yeah. action. Yeah. Okay. I forget who uh, the guy who played him, but yeah, it was a live action show, and I was in about two or three as Knickknack, Master of Toys. Uh-huh. And then that's who I did in the comic book. And then I was in a bunch of different things as Mrs. Picklick. Yeah, I loved that. Can you, I, I did a whole the thing that you read the book Batman animated. I did with Bruce Tim and, and, and Paul Dini, um, and that was right before they were going to do Superman. I think that was a good Superman series. It was, yeah, yeah. And Tim, well, those Tim guys Daly are great. Yeah, yeah, they're great talents. They're really amazing. I I was I was Miss Jess Picklick in the one where Tim Daly was Superman. Mm-hmm. And then I did it in some other thing, and I never know what the name of where it's <laughs> how does going. they say, how did they tell you to say his name? Uh, with me, it was Mischievous Pickle. Mischievous because when it comes because his kids, we never knew. Never and knew. Was, yeah, there's never been knew. A trillion. You'd say it however you want. Did you know, Michael <laughs> J. Pollard played him on the Superboy series. Oh, <laughs> which I found today while researching your character. We will return to Gilbert Gottfried's amazing, colossal podcast. But first, a word from our sponsor. But let's talk about Batman. Let's talk about Batman okay. 66. Michael, wait, Michael J. Pollard. Still alive. Replaced me in the awful uh, uh, Gene Wilder, Richard Pryor oh my comedy, God. Another You. There you go. He was my replacement, Michael J. Pollard. Do you remember this actor? You'd know I know if, the name. You'd know him if we showed well, him to in you. In a second. Yeah. Yeah. He's in Bonnie and Clyde. He had like, a, like sh- a crazed baby face. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's my favorite guy. <laughs> cherubic <laughs> actor. So you're a latchkid key, a latchkey kid. Mm-hmm. That's not easy to say. Mm-mm. And you're watching all this stuff. You're yes. watching Japanese cartoons. You're yes. watching Speed Racer. Ultraman. Do you remember Kimba the White Lion? Oh, my God. Yes. Yeah, that's another Which, Japanese. You know, and my God. the Which was ripped off to become the Lion King, That's by the way. correct. I mean, holy. Wow. wow, now you're... Yeah. 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 How about uh, the, the animated King Kong, which was also Japanese? Mm. You yeah. know what? There you got me. Yeah, I'll send it to you. There you got me. Yeah. And Ultraman, we were talking about, which he doesn't remember. Oh, 
Yeah. God, that yeah. was great. That was cool. That was very cool. Yeah. Oh, oh. Beta capsule. Yep. Yep. Remember he, Ultraman, huh, Gil? Here's a movie that they used to show on TV a lot that was like a joint American-Japanese effort called The Manster. Do you know this one? No. We like to stump our guests. Ah, no. Well, I'm stumped. This- Although it sounds like somebody I used to date. But- <laughs> Who's in the Manster? Refresh Well, it, it's an American is the lead, and he's in Japan, and something, whatever, radiation, or he gets bitten by a monster, whatever, and he becomes this two-headed uh, creature. And there's a great scene where he looks at himself in the mirror, pulls his shirt open, and there's an eye growing out of his shoulder. <laughs> we got one for you, Chip. Well, you had me a two-headed. <laughs> Hilarious. I, By the way, I sent him the uh, uh, the clip of you in the uh, going uh, running amok in the Japanese toy store, oh, which God. is just fantastic. <laughs> yeah, wow. the stuff you are really good. We got yeah. we went deep. But you did. You're, you're 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 shocked at how half of this stuff isn't even licensed and it's isn't is off model. You know, yes, and, and yes, not yes. not legit. Yeah, that really was funny. Really, that was fun. I got. I love Japan. I love going there. I love going to that place, which is called Nakano Broadway. Yeah, crazy. Crazy, yeah. yeah, and I like just, how you specify. You, know, you, 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 don't want to be tempted from stuff from the seventies because you're a purist and you just want to collect sixties. You just 60s want to collect sixties stuff. I admire that. And you said that in Japan they love the American Superman series with George Reeves. <sighs> yes, that's it, interesting. It, it, Emperor Hirohito's favorite show. That wow, is, <laughs> yes, fascinating, and that's true. And, and and this begins. He fights for the American way. I know. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think there was a very strange hail the conquering hero thing going on. And oh. and and quite seriously, I with God as my witness, I want to do the super manga book because that would really be amazing. Because um, the guy, okay, the guy who drew an, an animated Speed Racer did a four part. Superman comic book for Japan in the late 50s with with Bizarro and it's amazing. Wow. It's beautiful. Oh, and did the creators of Superman get fucked as bad as it sounds like they did? Worse. Yeah. yeah. That's a, that's no, it's a, it's that's really a sad quite story. it's a very sad story. I mean, I you know, what happened to me with Jurassic Park is like nothing compared to what happened with them. Yeah. Yeah. It's I a mean, sad story. It's a very sad story. Yeah. What what is the full I mean they were two animators. Well, they they, they were, were cartoonists. cartoonists. Seriously, I they mean. were they were two Jewish kids in Cleveland. Yep. Uh in the 1930s they were obsessed with this new thing called um uh science fiction and they made zines. They were they made zines and and their first concept for this thing called the superman is that he was a villain he was like this big all powerful villain and then um and all this is is well documented but then they decided no let's make him into a hero they figured out the costume etc etc and they went to every publisher to try and sell the idea and nobody was interested and finally um this guy at at uh, National Periodical Publications said, "All right, and I'm throwing this out there, but okay, we'll we'll buy the idea from you for three hundred bucks, 
And uh, but it was quite clear, like okay, but but we'll own it. You guys will write and draw it, but we own it. And they were frankly, they were so thrilled. They were kids. They were kids. They yeah. were bare, they weren't sure. even twenty yet, sure. and they were so excited that they like, yay, let's do it. And for a while, it was kind of great because it took off immediately, and they were getting a steady, decent wage. But it just kept getting, but they were, and this is where the whole concept of what we call work for hire in the comic book industry started. So you you had that, the, the flip side of that would be Walt Disney, who always owned everything on, and, and again, Disney is different than, than comic books, but um, yeah, so as it went on, Siegel and Schuster they would like try to sue to get the rights back, and they they didn't have. It was a, le- a lifelong battle. It was a lifelong battle, and they didn't yeah. have a legal leg to stand on. And finally, like in the seventies, DC paid them like a hundred. When the Donner movie came out, they yeah. were they were publicly shamed. They were publicly and, shamed, and, and they paid them like a hundred thousand dollars. But at that point, they were yeah. near death, and, and, and it's a heartbreaking. Tale. One of it's very them, heartbreaking. one of them went blind in yes. his later years. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I think the artist, um, you know, sadly and ironically enough. Well, thanks for bringing the show down, yeah. Bill. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm just, I'm just a laugh riot. I'm a laugh riot. Uh, just so let's let's talk about you just sort of discovering. By the way, one question about Superman being big in Japan. There were really two versions of that Superman series. There was the noirish black and white version, the first version, and then when it went color, it got light and campy. The, That's adve- interesting. the Adventures of Superman. That's interesting. It's really two shows. Somebody posted this on Facebook today. It's really kind of two different shows. Interesting. Yeah. Because that there- Superman versus the Mole Men, that movie, is very, very creepy. Yeah. And very dark. And there's that episode where they're, um, they keep hearing somebody in the that in the background that they can't find screaming help me i'm drowning help yes. me at that as a kid yes. that terrifying kept me awake at night <laughs> yeah. and then at the end spoiler alert it's a <laughs> it's a parrot yep that learned to say that yep and it flies in at the end and says help me i'm drowning help me i was like whoa that is so it is. It up. is creepy. When you go, were you a Twilight Zone guy too? Do you watch the Twilight Zone? Sort of. Yeah. 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 On the creepy scale. Now, yeah. do you remember that when Superman in the series was responsible for someone's death? Oh, you mean when he put the the, the couple on the mountaintop yes, when they yes. when they found out his secret identity? <laughs> <laughs> no. Yeah, there's yeah. a but 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 he didn't kill them. They fell trying to escape. They fell at their death trying to get down the mountain. Yeah, he put them on a mountain top. Yeah, but it, it's basically like putting a baby on a ledge. Saying, <laughs> I didn't throw the baby. There was out a couple the that discovers a married couple that discover his secret identity. I don't remember. And this he has at all. to put them out of circulation. He has to put them away from society. So he flies them to this remote mountaintop, and he says, "I'll be right back with food and clothing." And he's going to make lodging for them. While he's gone, they say, "Let's get out of here." And they tr- they try to make their way down the mountain, and they both fall Very to their deaths. Very disturbing. That is you're disturbing. Going, Superman, kill those people. <laughs> this bothers you all these years yes. later. <laughs> oh, here's something. I don't care how f- fucking moral. 
the superheroes are supposed to be. Wouldn't one of the superheroes have killed Hitler? Oh, well, that's been going on forever. In fact, they did the, they did a story like, all right, this is how Superman would solve World War II. And he goes and he just plucks oh, yeah. Hitler up and he plucks Stalin and Mussolini and just hauls them before world court and and that's kind of the end. It was this wish fulfillment thing. Yeah. But they, I mean, they went there. Yeah. Well, he's got a theory that that if you have Superman in the Justice League, what is your theory? That you don't need yeah. anybody else? Superman, <laughs> he flies, he's bulletproof, he shoots lasers out of his eyes, he could do everything. Super strength. What the fuck do you need the other super? Why do you need Green Arrow, for instance? <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> To sell more comics. Because he's hot. Uh, I mean, again, how I don't know how geeky you want to get. But, as much as you can. But We're going to change of, the name know, of the show. One, one of Superman's, uh, it, there, I mean, there's kryptonite, but then there's also magic. He is that's a weakness for him. Ah, yes. And if there's any kind of what we call magic involved, he's powerless against that. And there's they, you know, and believe me, the writers of Justice League over the years used to have to think up all these crazy uh, scenarios for all all of them together and doing this and doing that. And there, <clears throat> there was a really interesting one at one point where. If you think about it, the core Justice League, there's only two members who don't actually have superpowers. Batman's one of them, and Green and Green Arrow Green is Arrow. the other. Right. All the others have some kind of strange super enhancement. And there's some predicament where this wizard or whoever creates some sort of thing, I'm, I'm paraphrasing here, and zaps all the members that actually have superpowers with some sort of ray, and that and it was a, it was a brilliant idea. Like the only two members that could do anything to save them were the ones that didn't have superpowers. So, you know, it's it's a good logical question for something that bears no logic. <laughs> <laughs> See, all these things that are haunting you, Gilbert. He's yes! putting them to rest. <laughs> it's very disturbing. He's he's paying you a public service. Right. And, and did did George Reeves have a bit of a pot belly when he was doing <laughs> Superman? Or was that stuffing? <laughs> stuffing. <laughs> I don't know. I you know, I thought he sort of cut a fine figure. You, I didn't, you made a but reference. Or are you thinking of Adam West? I mean Adam West Adam did. Adam West have a always oh, they always Adam made West. fun of Adam West Adam for having West a had a pot belly. Yes, yeah. he did. Yeah. And and you know who Adam West beat out <laughs> for, for the Batman? Ty Harden. No, was one guy Lionel Wagner. Oh, Lionel Wagner. Yeah, yeah he Lionel did a screen Wagner. test. Oh man! Yeah. And yeah. as a well, again, as a as a gay child, um, <laughs> I would see Lyle Wagner on Wonder Woman. But before that, he was on. He was one of the the uh, the. Um, Company, Cara play, Burnett. Cara, yeah. company players for Cal Burnett, sure. and he was the sort of yeah. token hunk, and at the slightest provocation, she would have him come out without a shirt on. And I was just like, <laughs> and, you know, <laughs> my mom was like, what, what, what are you, what are you looking at? <laughs> nothing, nothing. <laughs> and uh, when I, and it was only years later that I found out, like, he could have been Batman. I'm like, oh, and you, The screen test is online. The screen you test is online. Yeah. And I mean, we're so used to Adam West now it's kind of sure. hard to because because i mean lionel wagner as easy as he is to look at doesn't really have any personality uh 
No, so. West West brought something to it. Yeah, West yeah. West brought that kind of winking to the camera. Yeah, yeah. thing that yeah. was fun. It was. It was. Yeah. By the way, uh, you're. <laughs> I like to surprise our guests. Gilbert didn't know about this at all. Did you know there was a project in the works, Batman meets Godzilla, that they found in William Dozier's files. And, Shit. And 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 papers that he had donated to the University of Wyoming. A 22-page treatment. This is how deep this research is, Chip. And was that going to be a movie? It or? was a Toho project. Ugh. It was going to be a movie. Oh, and it was I, written by the writer of Mothra versus Godzilla. Oh, man. That's one you wish had been made. <laughs> well, not only do I wish, but I also had not heard that, Yeah, which is embarrassing. No, do, no, do you remember there was one? I think it was, it was Japanese King Kong versus the robot. Oh, Techno Gods was it Tech Mega Godzilla or Techno Godzilla? Yeah, it, it or? was weird. They built a robot, Megazilla, to uh, kill Godzilla, and but they make the robot look like Godzilla for some reason. <laughs> There's no point to it. No. <laughs> well, that's like your bit about the the castle where they built. Oh the, yeah, they built the lever. Yeah, I always say, like, in those movies, like, oh, that lever blows up the castle. It's like, yeah, when they built the castle, they needed a lever to blow it up. <laughs> yeah, just in case. Yeah. The architect put it in. Yeah. <laughs> I'll send you this. This was supposedly a Toho project, and it was a 22-page oh, treatment. It would have been so great. What exists. Yeah. I don't know. Apparently, Batgirl turns up in it, and they fight a villain to, who controls the weather. Oh, what uh. did what did you think about the Wonder Woman series? The TV series? Yeah. yeah. With well, Lyle Wagner. Well, Lyle Wagner was <laughs> obviously uh, was, was a fan. Was uh <laughs> Steve Trevor. So yep. that, that, you know, my dad could watch uh Linda Carter's boobs bounce all over the place and I could watch Lyle and Wagner. Um <laughs> uh, I was thrilled with it. I was Something I was thrilled with it. Um one of the interesting things about it is that it started on one network as a period piece as a World War II show. Yeah. And then it, and it, I think then I think it moved to CBS and became it in the contemporary world That's with weird. no explanation. Yeah. And, but and I think what was amazing about that is she just looked perfect. And I think a big part of it is, you know, the, the characters look a certain way on the page, obviously. But then when you try to translate them into three dimensions, sometimes it works, but most of the time it doesn't. But she, there's something about her that looks perfectly yeah. natural yeah. in that outfit. And the outfit was absolutely uh, faithful to the comics. She was well cast. And and what do you think of the current Giggles Gazoo or whatever? <laughs> Giggles Gazoo? Giggles Gazoo. <laughs> That's a Hebraic pronunciation. Uh, <laughs> Gail Godot. You're yeah. so you're so bad. She was an answer in the um in the crossword puzzle ah. the, the other day. It's her, heroic gal. She's very good. Yeah. Which was a good clue, because heroic gal, hmm, 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 ah, they mean her name. A little times and the answer like, was Godot. I, I think yeah. she's terrific. I think yeah. she's absolutely wonderful, and, and I think they did a brilliant job. The, 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 my big beef as a fan is why on earth would you set that movie in World War I? Like, oh. Oh, oh, I know, we'll put Wonder Woman in All Quiet on the Western Front. <laughs> That's interesting. Why? That's interesting. She's completely, uh, she's completely born out of World War II. 
and I like it most because she's a hot Jew piece of ass. Yes. Yeah. Yes, she is. She's in the category with Natalie Port. <laughs> <laughs> Natalie Hirschlag. Yeah, yes. Yeah. Thor's Scar- girlfriend, Natalie Portman. There you go. Yes, Didn't you yes. ever wonder why the god of thunder uh, fell in love with a nice Jewish girl from Massapequa? <laughs> Ringo's wife, uh, he's, yeah. Ka- Catherine Bach. Yeah, he's also obsessed with Jewish Bond girls. Yes. Yeah. There, there was also... Um, what? What's her name? The English one. Seymour. Jane Seymour. Oh, Jane Seymour. And in one of the Correct. current Bond she movies... She was in Live and uh, Let Die. In one of the current <laughs> Bond movies, they have an Israeli Bond girl. Carol something. I don't know. Do you know the guy that... <laughs> I, I think that's great. I think that's wonderful. <laughs> Hello, Gino. And, and there were two that I could think of Jewish Bond villains. Uh, Wait for <laughs> it, Doc, Chip. Doc, <laughs> he's at the edge of his seat. <laughs> Dr. No was Joseph Wiseman. Very good. Okay. And the other. You'll never get it. An, an African-American. Jew. Yes. What? Yes, African American American Jew. Jew. Yes, Nipsey Yaf- Russell was a Bond villain. <laughs> no, Yafet Koto. Yafet Koto. You know Yafet? that actor? I do. Yeah. I, and I know Midnight him Run. from Alien. Sure, Midnight Run. Yeah, yeah. yeah Yafet Koto's a Jew. He, he, oh he, man. Yeah. Well, great. He must have uh, converted. <laughs> I think that's terrific. <laughs> this is the shit he cares about. <laughs> yeah. Talk about watching the original Batman. You, you said you watched it with your dad. <laughs> <laughs> yes, Let's I talk did. about all the Jewish villains <laughs> yeah. on Batman now. <laughs> and all I can think about is that oh, my, he's circumcised. That's all. <laughs> That's uh, we like that. We like that. Now, obvious. This is this. <laughs> <laughs> this is a question. Yeah. Obviously, it, the show worked on several levels. It did. Uh, but you, you were though you would become a designer later in life. You yes. were not aware at that age of of the pop art component of the show. No, but I think it definitely had an effect on me and, and the way I design. Because um, the way they used to tilt the camera, it's like every, when you tilt, when you tilt the picture plane, it it literally creates a sense of tension that you wouldn't have, wouldn't have otherwise. And, okay, while you were answering that, yeah. I thought of a Jewish Batman villain. Otto Preminger. Yes, that's right. Very good. That's right, Mr. Yes. Freeze. Yeah. Mr. Well, Freeze. Eli Wallach's a Jew. Oh, was yes. he? Sure. He oh. sure was. Sure, of course. He was and he bill- was also Mr. Freeze. That's right. Oh, who was who? He was Mr. Freeze? Yes. Eli yeah, they Wallach? both were. Yes. Yeah, no, I knew he was a Jew. He yeah. can't be anything else. <laughs> 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 it's like saying, gee, Myron Cohen, I'm not sure he can be... <laughs> By the way, this Batman collected book, which now I'm sorry you said is out of print, but we're gonna our fans are gonna try to find it. You can. It's it's all over. How you. did you? I mean, this first of all, this is a great picture. Yes, I love your stories too. 
I love the I love this picture where you're wearing the Batman puppet on your hand. Yeah, my mom made those too. Right, and there's the story from the, when you were sick and your dad got you the the nightlight. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it's true. It's really sweet. There's some nice stories in the book. But how did you come by all this stuff? I mean, I know some of it you had, like the cape. Uh, some of the stuff was in I the mean, family, but God, that, um, you couldn't have owned all this stuff. No, uh, when we were doing that, or when I was doing that, it was this God nine ninety ninety four ninety five. There were two people besides myself that had these massive Batman collections. And one was in Kenosha, Wisconsin, and the other was in Cincinnati. And so... How did you know of them? Oh, DC... Because this... Anytime you do something like this, it has to officially go through DC Comics. Right, so okay. it's, it's, it's They have to have the stamp of approval. Oh, and, the Bat and, Radio. and they they knew. They knew people that did. And I knew as a fan that nobody had done a book like this before. So, which is, and I, you know, I cheated and put a lot of like the original art from the comics in it. I mean, it's ostensibly, it's supposed to be about the collecting the toys, but it's, it's great. It's more than that. It's great. I mean, I was obviously born in 61. So obviously I was into this series too. There's the Aurora model, Gilbert, which we've talked about. We've talked about the Aurora monster models. Yeah. That oh, he had. I, yes. I used to put the monster models but together. I did too. There's the, yeah. there's the Batman them. one with the original Instruction. The original instructions wow. with the parts broken down. Isn't that fantastic? <laughs> oh my God. But to have that, oh, to still have that in that Corgi Batmobile. Yeah. 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 Now, models I have. Look at this. Yeah, I used to have Frankenstein, the Wolfman, Dracula, the Invisible Man, Jekyll and Hyde, the Hunchback. Well, his father had a hardware store. And, yeah. and did he sell the models in the store? Sometimes he would sell them. Uh, other times we get... I remember my mother, because I was in love with those models. I, I guess she got them probably two for the price of one, because they were together. They were taped together. Uh, Bride of Frankenstein with the witch. Right. Then the Bride of Frankenstein one was really, really cool because it was so intricate. Yes, uh, with, sure. Uh, with the machinery and she's on the slab and and all of that stuff. I remember oh, that. There was oh, a Jekyll and Hyde one too. Yes, yeah, yes, I had the Jekyll and Hyde. Co- uh, how do you say his name? Jiro Kawada. Jiro. Jiro. Jiro Still Kawada. alive. Yes. Yeah. He is. Wow. Born in thirty-five. Yep. And there were manga versions of the Invaders and the Time Tunnel. Now that's this I out, found. That's outside of my uh, okay, of okay, my, my purview. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> but tell me about the dis- tell me about the discovery because this is a key thing for you. The moment that you kind of discovered that Batman had a whole life in Japan, which you said was like being a Beatles fan. Yeah, it was really and amazing. Discovering- um, it was like being a Beatles fan and f- realizing that they recorded an album in Tokyo and kind of left it there and never released it. In this book, there's. There's a section which is all Japanese toys, but even at that point, I didn't realize that there were also comics. And there is a, an amazing Batman artist named David Mazzucchelli who had done a, um, he did a, a sort of fellowship in Tokyo drawing comics in the early 90s, and somebody told him about it. And then he, then he told me. But they had never been reprinted. So we had to go and it was, it was nuts. Like, buy stuff on eBay in the early days of eBay. Are they still, is is Japan still into into Batman with Uh, all the different variations and uh, and incarnations of the character? It it comes and goes. Yeah, because you've made several trips over there. I have, yeah. Yeah. I I, I think it's more niche 
over there. Um, you know, a movie comes out and then they kind of get excited a little bit and then it sort of goes away. By the way, Robert Butler, I did a little research, Gino knows this, who directed the Batman pilot and the Star Trek pilot is still with us at wow. the age of 90. Oh, geez. So we, just, we have to track him down uh, if he's... Uh, if he's able to be uh, interviewed. Wow. Talk a little bit about another book that you did, and Gilbert was fascinated by this, as I was, which is Jack Cole mm. and the Story of Plastic Man. Okay. Yes. And you did this great oh book my with, God, with Art yes. Spiegelman. With Art Spiegelman. Okay, so Art Spiegelman, who's a friend of mine, and who I, I work for... And a Jew. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> wow. And a Pulitzer winner. I, you know what? <laughs> he's several Jews. <laughs> What do you think? What do you think of that? Um, yeah, he's like a little army of Jewish people. Uh, do you know Art Gilbert? I don't think you should have him. I went to SVA. You know Art a little bit. We should. He's amazing. Okay, but when. When, well, first of all, when I was in college, I started reading Maus, M-A-U-S, in uh, installments. And then when I started working at Knopf, which is part of Random House, and there was Pantheon, and then Pantheon published the collected mouse. And then that was a huge milestone in graphic novels and comics, and it they created a special Pulitzer Prize for him, and we sort of eventually got to know each other a little bit. Well, he was a huge Jack Cole fan and Plastic Man. And lo and behold, one day, whenever that was, uh, you know, The New Yorker comes out and Plastic Man is on the cover, which was just so bizarre. Um, and it was a painting by Art. And he had written, um, a you know, a big, long New Yorker article on the life of Jack Cole. And... Uh, and, you know, it being the New Yorker, they could illustrate it a little bit, but not that much. It was very prose, very prose heavy. And so um, the head of DC Comics at the time, a woman named Jeanette Kahn. Uh, <coughs> Jewish? Uh, <laughs> he, has, uh, he has impeccable comic timing, doesn't he? Much, much? much like James Kahn. <laughs> yes. yes. Spe different, different spelling. Different yeah. spelling. Yes. Uh, I believe... If I'm not mistaken, she I think she approached Art about saying, let's turn this into a book. And so he said yes and then brought me on board to design it. And uh Terrific it's book. really it's really, you know, it's quite amazing and very but very sad. I mean, um this guy. But he also, um, Jack Cole, as you know, I mean he kinda he was brought on by Hugh Hefner to be the staff cartoonist at uh Playboy. You'd right? recognize his stuff from Playboy. Yeah. Oh, panel, yeah, yeah, panel, yeah. One panel single panel gags. And and he was I don't know, raised in this very straight laced sort of um upbringing and was was married and I don't think they had kids, but but he I don't he shot himself at I don't know. In his forties, yeah, it was very strange. In a car on some dirt road, yeah, and, just left, and, and so there, there obviously there was some, and he left a note saying how sorry he was, but yeah. for what he never said. Well, the note that, and it's in your book, is that is you, you reprint the note that he sent to Hefner, yeah, which is fascinating, yeah, you know, saying please don't blame yourself for this. You're a great guy to work for, yeah. and and uh, what a talent, yeah, and Incredible. It, it remains a mystery, yeah, and I guess it always will, yeah. I love that character. Yes, because it was it, it was also one of the few combinations of sort of superhero daring do and gags. Yes, it was very funny, and and it's very. Funny. They've tried to develop a movie over the years. There was You'd Jim think Carrey it would was practically attached. make itself. You I really mean, would. 
well, yeah. they incorporated the the some of his powers into Mister Incredible. Yeah, in the Incredibles. Yes, that's oh. right. Well, into into his wife. Uh, yeah. And, oh, I'm sorry. And I'm sorry. you were describing yeah. like covers Elastic of books mm-hmm. and movie posters, and and you you said something really interesting that you you like the street signs for like the crossing signs, the electric crossing signs that would have a hand and the and a number next to it. Yes, I did a book for. Um, uh, you know the TED talks. Yeah, um, they were they started a book imprint and they they wanted me to do a talk, but then also turn it into a book. And it was about um, in sort of in design, but also in your life. Like it was about first impressions, but also like when should you be clear and when should you be mysterious? And I, so I go through in different examples of that and i just remember when they introduced those street signs here that you know okay you have 20 seconds 19 seconds 18 seconds to cross the street before you get run over so it tells you exactly because remember before yeah it's just Just a a flashing you know you have to guess right and I'm the sort of person who's always late and always in a hurry. And so, you know, now you have this thing that says to you, this is exactly how much time you have. So that, that to me was an example of clarity that's like really, really important. And then you redesigned one of those horrible <laughs> subway signs. Yeah. Oh, he also redesigned an Am- a horrible Amtrak ticket. Wow. Uh, yeah, that, which, God, I, which guys, I loved. You, you showed, guys, it's amazing. You, you showed that... Horrible sign yeah. that you look at in every train station, and I go, I that might as well be another country. Yeah, yeah. And you redesigned it, and immediately I go, okay, so the E train is running on the A track. Now. It's like they refuse to do a simple declarative sentence with a beginning, a middle, and an end. Instead, they do this like bifurcated chart thing. Like weekend time train thing. This is what you know. It's it's crazy. And when you say I redesigned it, yeah, I redesigned it for the book. It never went any farther than that. And it should have. It was so clear the way you made it. Well, you'd think they'd at least change it or something. Yeah, I also will direct our listeners to buy your your chip book, <laughs> uh, the work to just to just to see how you redesign that Amtrak ticket, right? Which used to drive me crazy. Yes, but the, the the fact that you feel compelled to streamline these things and simplify them and make them—I mean, that's a service, and making the, them easier for people. It's that not was just, a, the, the the Amtrak ticket, and this is going back a ways because now you get your ticket on the phone. But um, <clears throat> that was for a magazine called Ms. McSweeney's, uh, the oh, McSweeney's yeah, sure. Literary Quarterly, Dave Eggers. Uh, that they I, they just said we're doing a travel issue and we want you to well, here's two pages think of something to do and I take Amtrak all the time. There's there's got to be a book idea in that in just go you going through your going through life redesigning things that are poorly designed. Well, that's kind of a little bit what the TED book is. Okay, okay, and that's called Judge This. The TED book, the TED uh, talks are very funny, by the way, and I know you. people have told you that you you should try your hand at stand up. Well, you know, you, I, I'm 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 a I'm a frustrated stand up comic. Yeah, have you seen you him and live? me both? <laughs> 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 yeah. yeah, but you're a success at it. <laughs> and, and like you, I hate the new Penn Station, and I share a, oh, a love for the, for the demolished Penn yeah, Station. It's, such, it's so sad. Yeah. 
we will return to Gilbert Gottfried's amazing colossal podcast after this. Can I ask you questions from from listeners? Please. We we have one from your friend. If I can find Dan Reba's question. Okay. But as I say, here it is. Um. Da, 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 da. He has uh, Dan. Uh, he's a genius and a friend. So many things to talk about. He designed the Jurassic Lo- Park logo for crying out loud. He has very informed opinions about the origin of Lucy in Peanuts that he may be willing to share. Does this mean anything? <laughs> well, it's no big secret, but that's that was Schultz's first wife, and that's their that was their the tenor of their relationship. Oh, I've read that. That was the yeah. dynamic. Yeah, I mean, that's not a big secret. That he felt that he identified with Charlie Brown being kind of dominated uh, yes. by a woman. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's interesting. By yeah. the way, the David Michaelis story, yeah. where you, 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 <laughs> where everything went wrong, yeah. before you got to design the cover of the book, yeah. is, is also fascinating. Yeah. And he, it's, it's weird and sad, and yeah. it's an amazing story. We, we don't have to go into it, but it's, we can. it's, it's in the book. Yeah, yeah. It yeah. Is. you want to tell it real quick because it's well, fascinating. I just tried to be as diplomatic as possible because Jeannie Schultz is a, is a dear friend, and yes. I, I was sympathetic to her. But they hired David Michaelis to do the official Charles Schultz biography Mi- because Michaelis did a biography of Andrew Wyeth mm-hmm. and did a spectacular job because he's a brilliant guy, and uh, and Wyeth was one of Schultz's great heroes, and so they thought, okay, and so. David Michaelis, who's, you know, reporter, great writer. I botched his name. I apologize. That's all right. Threw himself into it. Took six years to do it. Interviewed everybody. Everybody gave him complete access to everything. (coughs) And he writes this big, massive biography. It lands on their desks with a thud. And everybody gets a courtesy read. And about, you know, a quarter of the way into it, they're like, oh, this is great. This is brilliant. And halfway into it, it's like, what do you mean he had an affair? And then it it just sort of goes on from there. And, and It's a it, warts and all book. It's a warts and yeah. all book, but yeah. the warts aren't all that. No. There's no, no great no. revelation no. there. But, but except that he was depressed. Well, of course he was depressed. Like, how could you read Peanuts and think that that was not the work right, of obviously. somebody who was often very melancholy? I mean, it's just... Right. It's a thing so, that attracts you to the strip in the first place when you're right. when you're that kind of kid. The, and, the melancholy. So and the, the family tried to stop the book from being published. Legally, they could not. But the only thing they could legally do was prevent him, me, from using any Schultz imagery on the front cover. So now he's got to design the cover of this book, Gilbert, and he can't use Schultz's signature. Gee. I mean, f- in fact, <laughs> right. that was going to be the cover of it. Oh, yeah, I was going to do that right, 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 with right. type on it. Right. And Which is Charlie, we're in an yeah, audio yeah, medium, of course. so we'll describe <laughs> I have no it. no idea what it is. But it's, it's just the Charlie Brown squiggles, the two eyes, the, the, the sideways nose and the little mouth and yeah. the little tuft of hair yeah. is what Chip's referring it's, to. It, yeah, it's yeah. reductive. And yeah. anyway, it, it, it ended up just being a yellow field with a black zigzag going across it and his name. And, it, and that was actually all you really needed. I mean, yeah. It's a fascinating, too, we'll recommend this book as well, but it's also, it's fascinating, which is called Only What's Necessary, Charles M. Schultz and the Art of Peanuts. But you really get to track the, the development, the evolution of the characters yeah. Yeah, they, they and the gave writing. Me, they gave me complete access. That's and, great. And, and I'm not, I mean, I throw in my opinion here and there about, you know, but it's all about the art. It's not about, it's not about the life. I'm not, I'm, I'm, I mean, I mean, the life gets thrown in there, but I'm not, I'm not 
of course. conjecturing on, of course. well, he must have felt this or that. It's just like, well, you know, he tried a go-kart in this one, and we never see a go-kart again. Sure. It's I didn't know he had attempted, and Gilbert didn't either. We were looking at it before you got here, that he had, he tried his hand at adults. At adults. Adults. And yeah. an adult strip, and a strip that was completely separate from Peanuts. Right. How, how long did that last, the adult? Well, there's <clears throat> there, is a, there were two Sunday strips and this, well, again, you, nobody can see. But if you, <laughs> <laughs> I promise, we'll, we'll be a, a video podcast right, the next time right. we have you back. <laughs> um, he, it's Schultz tried, and he tried lots of things that he just decided didn't work, but they had to go to press with. Um, for the two of the Sunday strips, it they were continued, and Lucy was in a golf tournament, and for some reason, and Charlie Brown was her caddy. But all the other players were adults. So you only see them from the waist down. Pardon me. So you get this kind of, you know, kid's eye view of them. And that lasted for two weeks, and then that was it. He never tried that again. It's interesting. It's also interesting that there are things in the book that he never meant to be seen or or published, yes, and the he, family was know, okay with that. They were, I mean, they have to, well, they were definitely okay with it, or that book wouldn't exist. I think, you know. But they were very supportive. It's a wonderful very, book, as is your other Peanuts book. Very supportive. What? Um, pe- oh, as far as superheroes go, yes. How did the Hulk's pants stay on? Chip, <laughs> <laughs> you have to answer uh, yeah. for the entire well, superhero industry. <laughs> as a gay child, <laughs> I asked myself this all the time. Yeah. <laughs> Please, please split those seams. You wanted to see his green penis? Oh, my yeah. God. <laughs> yes. I wanted to swing on it. Are you kidding? Oh, man. Like, obviously, you haven't seen the new movie. No. But, well, one of the shticks is that Bruce Banner and the Hulk basically meld into one being, which is now called Smart Hulk. So it's sort of like the Hulk, but he's not, like, angry all the time. And which is basically means he's, like, the sexiest man on the planet. Like, for, at least, you know, for me, anyway. It's like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. Yes. Okay, you... <laughs> We'll save the Cesar Romero story for the end because oh. I'm sure he hasn't heard it. Okay. But, but uh, what's your? F- this is a, this is a question I'm sure you've been asked. Do you have a favorite Schultz strip? A favorite? Because I have a favorite. Well, that defines the characters for me. And well, and, and Charlie and I used to talk about this, like a single strip. Charlie Kochman, you mean? Yeah, uh, yeah. yeah. Charlie Kochman, right. my fa- wonderful, fabulous editor, who also at, knows at Gilbert, Abrams. just for to catch yes. our listeners and up. discovered Jeff Kinney. Um, discovered oh, the, wow. the wimpy kid guy. Wow, yeah, discovered. I mean, that exists because Charlie. Uh, we always default to the very first strip. You do, yeah. And it's it's these. It's I think it's Shermie and. Patty? Shermie was a lot more prominent in the early strips. Yeah, but see, things like that, it evolved, yeah. you know, and, and when Schultz decided, well, I don't I don't have any more ideas for Shermie, then Shermie would just go away and all of a sudden there's Pigpen. Yeah. Um, but uh, no, it's just the two little kids on the stoop and you know, panel one, oh, here comes Charlie Brown. Good old Charlie Brown. Charlie Brown passes out and the final strip uh, the final panel, uh, Shermie says, how I hate him. 
that's that that sums it up. Yeah. And that's how peanuts begin. That's the tone, I, yeah. I mean, I it's, see your it's point. really like who did that? Yeah. Now, I remember there was the Superman series that and and this um 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 uh, chills my mind is gone. The uh the cartoonist the Batman, not the Batman. The uh Popeye creator. Why was oh, his, his name? name went out of my head. What the hell was Sagar? His? Yeah, yes. No, yes. no, no, no. Okay, that... now you're thinking of the Fleischers? Fleischer! My, okay, yeah. okay. Well, he was the animator. Fleischer. But they yeah. were the animators. Yes, yeah. yeah. so not they... the creator. <laughs> the... Yeah, but Fleischer was the one who designed the art uh, for the Batman. No, you're okay. thinking, you're thinking okay. of the Superman. Not Superman. Yeah. I'm yeah. getting yeah. it all confused. Uh, Fuck me. I know, I, but I'll, I'll just take over for a sec. Yeah, okay. <laughs> I wish you would, Chip. Uh, <laughs> you do it weekly. Max and Dave Fleischer. <laughs> Max and Dave Fleischer yes. had this incredible uh, animation studio. They were trying to rival Disney, and they adapted Popeye, and before that, they adapted Betty Boop. And they, they did... Very early, what's called rotoscoping, which was they would have actors, they would film the actors and then draw over them. And so um, what became DC Comics, they wanted to rival Disney with with a cartoon for Paramount. They went to the Fleischers and they said, we want you to do a series of Superman shorts, short cartoons, subject for, for movie theaters. And the Fleischers actually didn't want to do it. And, and I'm condensing the story. So they said, okay, but it'll cost you $200,000 an episode. Because they figured, all right, that's our way of, we don't have to say no and we just get out of doing it. And Paramount said yes. Ooh. And so now they were stuck doing it. And those are some of the very best cartoons that anybody ever they made. They really They're are. Great. They're yes. great. They, yeah. I, I like those. And, and that's another thing. They did... Betty Boop, which was one of the most deranged cartoons. She was very sexy. And her boyfriend, I heard originally they were all animals. The Betty Betty Boop was like a girl dog. And she had a dog boyfriend. Okay. And then when they made her a, a real woman, they kept the boyfriend as a dog. <laughs> So Betty Boop is going out with a dog in it. And plus her, her head is just giant. Yes, yes. <laughs> giant, teeny little body and giant head. And they have her doing these sexy dances. Mm-hmm. And I remember they had one, she's doing a sexy dance on stage. And the entire audience is different animals <laughs> hooting and hollering and applauding like a strip show. <laughs> Here's another one from a from a listener, uh, from Cedric Wilson. What is, as a collector, what is Chip's holy grail? People ask you this a lot. Oh, God. An item yeah. he, he most regrets missing out on. Huh. Uh, that I don't have? Yeah. Because you've got the, we should tell people you've got in your apartment the Batcave. You've right, got a right. collection yeah, of this I've stuff. Yeah, I've got a bunch of stuff. Yeah, cool oh, stuff. Jeez, get back to us on that. Uh, yeah, uh, I don't have because they're so prohibitively expensive now. But I don't have any of like the costumes or props from the show. Mm-hmm. That would be it. Is that prohibitively would, that would be expensive. really really cool? But you know, hundreds of thousands. We know of somebody who can get you a utility belt. Really? We'll talk. All right. Greg Anderson, who is Chip's Batman artist? Who is his Batman artist? Maybe he has a top two or three. 
you're Neil Adams guy, aren't you? Yeah, was. Oh, you were? Until I met him. Oh! oh, oh. oh. Sorry I brought it up. <laughs> <laughs> and I avoided it because I heard that he's like not a nice person. All oh, those meeting your heroes is treacherous. And, and, meeting your heroes, and I and I, I was at a convention once, and he was there, and he, and he was at a table, and there weren't many people, and I thought, all right, I'm just gonna introduce myself, and 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 I don't know, this was six years ago, six seven years ago, and he says, I finally, I, you know, there's two or three people ahead of me, and I get up to him, and I'm like, well, <clears throat> Mr. Adams, and I told him my name, and he said. Oh, I know you. You do some really good work. But you also do some really bad work. Oh! <laughs> and I was like, well, wow. well, Mr. Adams, uh, could you tell me what some of that is so that I can improve? Wow. Oh, well, I can't really think of anything right now. But yeah, no, I've seen some stuff that you do that I really can't stand. Ouch. <laughs> oh. Is he slipping? Is that the problem? <laughs> And I was like, wow, all right, well, it's been so nice to meet you. <laughs> okay, so the answer is not going to be uh, uh, No, I was a huge fan as a kid. I mean, uh, you know, obviously Frank Miller. Frank Miller. and But uh, but uh, even more, the, the gentleman who I mentioned before, who worked with Frank Miller on something called Batman Year One, which is a guy named David Mazzucchelli, and, and uh, incredible. He only did one story, but it's just perfect. Yeah. It's just absolutely beautiful. I like the guy that the, the Brit who who illustrated your your graphic novel and his name uh, is escaping me. Dave, uh, Dave Dave Taylor. Dave Taylor. Yeah, nice he's work. Brilliant, brilliant guy. Nice work. And, uh, nice that's look. All done in pencil. I was not familiar with his work. Yeah. Before. What else you have for this uh, gentleman, Gilbert? Oh, anything else? No. <laughs> I I just I'm trying to think of other. You're still on, on other fixated on Hulk children. penis. Hulk yeah. penis. <laughs> uh, he has a story. This is a. Uh, this is, of course, uh, we like to think of it as oh, a. Oh uh, wait, before a I Hollywood forget, urban myth, because we were talking about me as Mr. Pickley. Yeah. Uh, could could everybody? Can anyone out there go to my Twitter account, Real Gilbert, and tell me all the things I've been as Mr. Pickley in? You want them to do that now? Uh, yes, <laughs> I'll wait. Uh, no, because I. I don't know the other other than the Tim Daly, but I know I've done it a bunch of times. Did you and, ever play okay. toy a character called Toy Man? Toy or? Man, that was Nicknack. Oh, that was Nicknack. Okay, that was the master of toys. Okay, right now, okay, Caesar Romero, best <laughs> best known as as the Joker. This is our big day. Yes, yes. This is our big closer, Chip. Okay. (laughs) Not that there's anything wrong with that. And, uh, and, and he, okay, best known as the Joker and, and, uh, and, uh, Joker with a mustache. mustache. (laughs) Damn that mustache. So in movies, he was, uh, you know, a Latin lover and romanced the ladies. And, but in real life, what he was into was gathering up a bunch of boy toys and he would stand there he'd pull down his pants and underwear and I I guess bend over and they would fling orange wedges at his ass and Some say some say he stood ankle deep in warm water. That's the only variation. Now, oh, also, I've gotten arguments that it was tangerine, which is from some 
who, but who among us can say that at some point, yeah, we all haven't yanked down our pants yeah. and our underpants sure. and been pelted with citrus? <laughs> I mean, come on, not me. Yeah, I can't. Uh, now, now, uh, please. You but know, there's, there's gotta I be. I wouldn't single him out. For this, because we've all been there. We've all had that phase. I want you to know that everybody who's in remotely associated with Batman has heard this. He said this to Adam West. I'll never work again. <laughs> he, said it, he said it to Julie Newmar. He said it oh, to... For real? Yeah, yeah. He said it to Lee Merriweather. Really? And, yeah. and I say it to people Frankie who have no connection to Batman. <laughs> I said it to the author of Schindler's List, I think. <laughs> <laughs> Who preferred limes, by yes, the way. Yes. <laughs> oh, Chip, we got to plug the books. Oh. This would be a terrible time to thank Lisa Birnbach for introducing, yeah, right. for introducing <laughs> us. She's deeply, deeply just backing away from all of this. No associate. Another wonderful book that you, uh, True Prep. True Prep, Lisa's yes. book that you yeah. designed. Yeah, she was a, yeah. She was a childhood uh, hero of mine. We love Lisa, and and we thank Lisa for for setting this up. Uh, we got to plug the books, the Charlie Brown book, uh, this wonderful Batman collected book that you can't get because it's out of print. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> the, this one is in print. Uh, Shazam, uh, Shazam, the Golden Age of the World's Mightiest Mortal. Yep, I'm going to tell people to get the the wonderful Plastic Man book that you did with art. Spiegelman. Also out of print. Which is wonderful. And by the way, I'm a third of the way, I'm a very busy guy, Chip. Yes, so I'm you a, are. I'm a third of the way through your novel. Okay. Through the Cheese Monkeys. And I'm enjoying it. Okay. Very much. Good. And we'll talk when when uh, when it's finished. I what would el- love to. What else is coming up? What else you got to plug? Oh, God. What else do I have Will to Will there plug? be another manga? Did we say it there at this Well, time? I'd like to do a, su- a super manga, but that's all tied up in, in legal crap. Uh... But I bet you a lot of those lawyers are Jews. <laughs> they are. Uh, um, I have this big Marvel book that's just out now called Marvelosity. Oh, that's the one with Alex Ross. With Alex Ross. Wonderful. Yeah, I've done two books with him. He's fantastic. We uh, should have Alex on here. Oh, that would be He's hilarious. a universal horror guy for sure. Oh, oh did yeah. you see his? Yeah, have you seen his universal horror oh, drawings? Oh, my God. Which Gilbert Alex go Ross, crazy. The, car- the cartoon art, the, uh, the, he does these painterly uh, yes, superheroes. Yes, yes. Yes. Oh, no, they're beautiful. He's a, uh, they, very you gifted are, illustrator. You, you, you have to get them. You have to get them. They, you can buy them as lithographs. And they, he painted them in black and white and did just about everybody. But it, he sort of reimagined. It's, you'll love it. Love it, love it, love it. Okay. And uh, would you look at Gilbert's drawings and see if he sure. should be institutionalized? Sure. <laughs> <laughs> Well, this is, this is uh, look. It's just been an incredible treat. I've been Did you such have fun? A, yes, and I, I've been such a fan of yours for so long. And I and when I used to listen to Howard Stern, I mean, you would be the one of the highlights, definitely. How about and, that? And we do Groucho Marx. <laughs> <It's just laughs> give him a little, give him a little Groucho. Yeah, <laughs> like <laughs> wait, okay, it's Groucho, and I and I've just hit on him. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> you know, once. I was on a show and a homosexual. <laughs> his name was uh, Chip. And he was, uh, back in my day, homosexuals were men 
who had sex with other men, <laughs> which meant they could have oral sex, which can would be the mouth. That's like a dream come true. You gotta have, keep that in. You've gotta don't edit that out, please. We'll leave it in for you. Please. Sometimes I have anal. And what would that be? <laughs> I don't understand. One person back in my day, it was called an erection. <laughs> You mean like a building? Yeah, you're <laughs> And it was incited in the anal cavity. This is the strangest wow. Batman tribute yes. show in history. Now. <laughs> and yeah, certainly yes. the darkest. <laughs> well, I don't know what a happy 80th Batman. Yes. <laughs> Chip, thanks for doing this, man. Thank you. This was a lot of fun. Yes. Oh, God. Come back and play with us another time. I would love to. Okay. Well, I don't know. He's a homosexual. (laughs) I don't want to playing with me. You you want to sign off? We didn't even talk about Saul Bass, which is a whole other. uh, I know you were at the Saul Bass event. Yes. Yes, we're Saul Bass fans. And you, you know, he made the shower scene. He did oh. the, the entire thing. Oh, oh, yes. Saul okay, Bass. okay. We can't stop now. Saul Bass directed the shower scene. That's impressive. He did. Yeah. Wow. Yep. And uh, you know, yeah. For another episode. Uh huh. Uh, we'll leave that as a cliffhanger. Okay, this has been Gilbert Gottfried's amazing <laughs> colossal <laughs> podcast with my co-host Frank Santo Padre and a man who took time out of his busy schedule to confirm that the Jews, that's right, the Jews created superheroes, and he'd still like to swing on the, the Hulk's team. Chip, this is one of yeah. the strangest episodes it, it is, we've ever done. It is done. strange, and now I, you know, I can't, I can't link it to, to, to my, edu- you know, my, my elementary school fans. Anymore. They'll have to wait till they're 18 and then we can link it. Thanks for coming in, bud. (laughs) Thank you, Chip. Can I put my clothes on now? Yes. Godfrey's Amazing Colossal Podcast is produced by Dara Godfrey and Frank Santapadre, with audio production by Frank Verderosa. Web and social media is handled by Mike McPadden, Greg Pear, and John Bradley Seals. Special audio contributions by John Beach. Special thanks to John Fodiatis, John Murray, and Paul Rayburn. 